Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I had like certain people into my life that weren't that were just bad people and I was very guarded at first but then I went to a point where I ended up letting them in because I was lonely or whatever the fact and I really paid the consequences for that I'm big time but I just feel like you know you do something wrong and you learn from it you move on but it's like I'm having to pay for it for a really long time another episode of everyone's business but mine with me Kara Berry aka that girl to so many of your husbands how are we doing it's another year season has begun and that season of course is fuck Justin Timberlake season personally I like to take a little downtime you know between like October to December to really just like focus on friends and family but you know when the (laughs) supermarket when the Super Bowl comes back it's on and it's on like Donkey Kong and what a better introduction to the 2021 season than that free Britney documentary you guys I hope you've watched it it's on Hulu if you don't have Hulu and you have cable it's on FX it was okay (laughs) I know a lot of people had a lot of feelings about it I personally am not a Britney stan and let me explain why the reason why this documentary happened is the reason why I've been, and this is like no judgment. Like we should stand Britney Jean Spears. And I do on like a personal level, but in terms of her career for the past 10 years or so, I just like, I have to remain a little bit removed from it. 
because I just have always felt very uncomfortable with the fact that she seems to still be working or she did. She was up until, you know, like a year ago, working very hard for other people. And it made me very uncomfortable, namely her father, Jamie Spears. Now, you guys, I'm not going to insult your intelligence by explaining Brittany. We all know it, right? There, I thought the documentary could have talked about, for as long as it was, I feel like there were some parts of it that were missing. But obviously in the beginning, we talk about the origin story of Brittany coming from Louisiana and making it big, coming from a poor family, having to take the train from Louisiana to New York because they couldn't afford an airfare. And really like, you know, she, one day just like all happened for her. So then we get into like the media's perception of Brittany. And you guys, I say this all the time, but I'm constantly thinking of things through the lens of like how people would react if we were in this like post-Trump world. And the way that they treated this teen girl is so infuriating. The questions that they ask, and I specifically like, I remember there being so much um, conversation about her breasts and whether or not she got implants and, and about her sexuality and her virginity and Justin, all of that stuff and thinking nothing really. But now... 2021 Kara is absolutely horrified just thinking about how I think because Britney's younger, excuse me, older than me, that I thought of her as so much like able to handle like she's what, maybe five years older than me. So seeing her as a 17 year old rise to fame and I'm like 12, 11, 12, 13 she just felt like the questions that they were asking her felt like, oh, she can handle this because she's an adult. She's like an idea of what I think an adult is through my, you know, adolescent mind. But imagining like her being all alone on stage and having grown men ask her about her breasts and her body and her sexuality, it's just disgusting. Like I cannot imagine being 17, 18, you know, even at like in her early twenties when they're, you know, when she broke up with Justin and how the media lauded him and how he took advantage of the situation and really like slut shamed her basically and made her out to be the villain and, you know, admitted that he fucked her even though she was like still on this like purity thing because of society, you know, it, it's just like vile to watch this girl who is half my age now, having to field questions about her body to men that are older than me now. It's horrifying. It is horrifying. At one point, they were talking about Justin and the breakup and how he took advantage of that. And there was a a magazine that they showed where he was on the cover. And it was something like... um, can we forgive Justin Timberlake for making that sissy music? Well, at least he, you know, got to smash Britney Spears. Something like that. It was, what the fuck sentence is that? What is that? What does that mean? What, I mean, every, you hit the problematic 
bored. Bingo. You got bingo right in those 20 word headline. It was crazy, crazy. And I don't remember thinking like that, that, um, cry me a river video where it has the Britney lookalike. I don't remember that being like such a, like it, obviously it was a huge song and a huge video because it was like his breakout debut album. But I didn't remember thinking of the implications of putting the Britney, like I didn't get it at that time what that meant and how he really controlled the narrative and then seeing this Diane Sawyer interview where he's where um Brittany you know Diane's asking her like how do you address you know Justin and you know what do you have to say about their relationship and like what was your participation in the breakup young lady and she just like breaks down and cries and wow wow I, you know, I'm going to defer to the best, you guys. I know I have it on good authority that, of course, the king of Dunzo, Troy McKinney, is going to be talking about this at length. So I'm going to move on, but I just had to say my piece. He's an authority on Britney, not me. So, I, I mean, again, just like fuck Justin Timberlake and everything that he's done. And I feel like he's never really explained um, how to like how he treated and how he manipulated the media at the time like does he need to address that (sighs) you know as like a 20 he was you know early 20s too and I don't want to give him a pass but it's also like I don't know how I don't know like it's a combination of him being calculated and also like the media just being on his side in terms of like where we were as a society and where our morals stood, if you guys know what I mean. I just, I I felt for her. I, you know, like Jamie Spears, it's on site. Catch me outside and I will beat that ass. Okay. Um, Another thing that I thought was so fascinating was that she was about to announce the dominance tour, her new residency in Vegas. And there was a whole thing. It was thousands of people packed outside waiting for her to show up. She was going to do interviews. She was going to announce it. You know, people showing up because they're going to see Britney, right? And then seeing her, they have a whole stage set up for her because she was going to do like a mini performance. And so she's coming up for, you know, from, you know, uh, what do you call it? Like, an ele- you know, those elevators that they put for pop stars. So they're coming up out of nowhere, out of the stage, right? And then she's supposed to come down these stairs. And so she walks down the stairs and keeps walking and walks past everybody and doesn't say anything and just leaves. <laughs> and everybody's like, like, nobody seemed to know the host. Here, like, this is what I wanted to know. Kaylin Allen, the guy from Ellen, and he does those, like, food reaction side-by-side uh, videos, he was hosting that live stream. And like, why didn't they ask him? Why didn't they ask him like what was going on? Why they felt, I just felt like some of it was just like, not lazy, but I feel like I wish that they had had more. It seemed like people were, the people who were responsible for the documentary weren't necessarily people who knew a lot about Brittany there are more people who were approaching this from a journalistic standpoint, but 
part of that can be really great, but you also have to be, have people who like really understand Brittany on the inside to really like talk about the particular moments that would really shed more light on the whole situation. But I thought all in all, I would give it a B plus. I've been in like full documentaries about uh, uh, stars and pop culture. If you guys didn't hear, I released an episode with princess about the Wendy Williams documentary. It was so much fun. Have to check it out. Um, but I also watched last night, the Whitney and Bobby Christina lifetime special. It was called, didn't we almost have it all now that if Brittany, I would give a B plus, I would give that one a D. A real big D. They had the people that they had on as the like authorities on Whitney were like two goddaughters, Pebbles, the rapper from the 80s, another singer. You know, it, it was very strange. They had Nick Gordon's brother come and he's like tap, tap, tapping his leg because he's so nervous the whole time. And it was just very, they had uh, one of Bobby Christina's friends from growing up and it just felt very like people, like people who were like tangentially, like the, the relations weren't close to Whitney and Bobby Christina. And so I feel like even as somebody, again, who I, you know, consume a lot of pop culture, but not like, I'm not like a Whitney Houston stan, um, but it just felt like, okay, I knew a lot of these things that they were talking about and some things that they were saying were just false. (laughs) Like at one point they were like, oh, Whitney and Bobby both grew up in the projects. So they get, they knew each other. Whitney didn't grow up in the projects. (laughs) Like what are we? And that was her friend, her alleged good friend saying that. It, it was strange. No, that was actually um, her sister-in-law, Bobby Brown's, Bobby Brown's sister. And then, oh, this was the most fascinating part is that her, his sister was basically like, oh yeah, we used to like do drugs together. And we slash I was the one who released those pictures from the national, the national Enquirer got of the, her like um, Whitney's like inside Whitney's drug den and you see her bathroom and it's got all this paraphernalia and Marlboros and drugs on the counter and it's just like filthy and she said that they did that on purpose it was like a cry for help I thought that was very strange the other thing that she said was they talked about the Diane Sawyer interview and the crack is wax statement and she said that they thought that was funny and they really wanted to like monetize and do merch that said crack is whack and she's like you know it was so funny at the time but you know it's not that funny now I'm like yeah it sure isn't (laughs) it really isn't I I just felt like they skipped around a lot and I I don't know I felt like if you're gonna weave a connection to Whitney and Bobby that's very obvious and a lot of parallels and I just felt like they could have done it like I personally could have done it just from the things in my brain better than these people who had a lot of time to do it. Um, is that it you guys? Oh, um, Oh, you guys, <laughs> are we excited about Aaron Rodgers and Shailene Woodley? I'm so confused. And I feel like we as a nation are like, excuse me. I just feel like we weren't prepared. Like we weren't given enough time, you know, 
I, I didn't have enough time to digest their dating. And then all of a sudden he's announcing that he's engaged. And as like a thing that he did, because I guess he got a Hall of Fame honor or something award. And he was like, oh, yeah, so many great things happened to me this year. I, I have a fiance now. Oh, OK. What do they what do they these people talk about? You know, what do they talk about? <laughs> has has Shailene introduced him to earthing? Do they take mud baths together? Do they eat clay? You know? Like, what on earth? Do they have a compost um, part in their home, in their backyard? It's like, it's like Dharma and Greg. I don't get it. <laughs> I do not get it. Next up on the docket, y'all. Ramona Singer. Why don't you just sit your ass down? <laughs> Why does she keep traveling? TMZ is reporting that Homegirl's been traveling for quite a while so the tea is roni has been on a production halt for the past month because people have gotten covid people in production and so ramona's been traveling going here there and everywhere maskless of course uh, because she doesn't wear masks in the ocean and it's just like having the time of her life being a super spreader okay um the cast is mad at her because they're supposed to come back on next week. They're supposed to start filming again next week. Um, apparently, you know, she's been trying to hide that she is traveling or has been traveling by it. Ba- I guess she's been banking. Vi- she had been banking videos of her in the house and taking pictures and videos and stuff, pretending like she's still in New York, even though people have been outing her left, right and center being in Florida. I think she left the country at some point. Um, the ladies are supposed to be filming in- at her house in a couple weeks for like a cast trip. And this is so funny. I, I really hope that they address this stuff. I mean, how do they not? I, I like I'm gonna enjoy a fourth wall break of like you guys are halting production halting production I'm so sick of this bitch I'm so sick of her and you guys I'm like afraid that the season might not give us what we're used to getting are you guys afraid of that because I really am I, I don't think it's gonna be a good I don't think it's gonna be like a landmark season for New York and I you know, I feel badly for that because, you know, they're like the, the calm, they're my port in the storm, you know, they're my, they're my comfy place. I just watched, um, a, over the last couple of weeks, season two, y'all, it's just fantastic. Alex and Simon are redoing that, you know, just horrible, hideous apartment, not a building that they bought and turning it into a whorehouse. Remember those like red, that red and black theme that they did in their living room? <laughs> Idiots. But I love them. Looking back on Alex and Simon, I just can't, I can't help but love them. And now I'm feeling, I've been talking about this with friends that I feel that way about Carrie Duber and Mark. At the time, they were these like fame whores who loved the camera and loved to go to everything and to see and be seen. And now, that we're stuck with Carrie Brittingham, you know, things are looking a lot more rosy over at the Duber house. Oh, Carrie, 
how did we not see how bad Carrie is? How did she dupe us the first season? Oh, Lord, I, I really, I watched the first 15 minutes or so of Dallas and I couldn't do it. I could not do it. <laughs> it's like, I, I can't listen to this woman. I do not want to look at her. And I turned off my TV and went back to Roni season two, where I belonged. Okay. To see the exchange between, it, I mean, every episode is like Tiffany having to fight. And I don't mean that in a bad way because I love Tiffany. Tiffany's fucking, I don't know, some boxer that wins a lot. Mike Tyson. She's, she KOs them every time. Every single time. I love her. She is the moment. She is the sister that I never had. I love Dr. Tiffany, but I don't love that she has to deal with everybody's stupidity. Why would Carrie be like, oh, you're, you're the real coat. Why are we having this COVID girl fight? Okay. (laughs) First, um, Cameron called Brandy COVID girl because she went to Florida and then Tiffany told her not to call her COVID girl. And then we have, um, somebody called somebody else COVID girl. And then Cameron got mad because Tiffany was able to call somebody COVID girl and not her. And then Carrie calls Tiffany COVID girl. And it's like, girl, she's a doctor. She's on the front lines. What do you mean? And this like forcing tequila. And I feel you guys, do I want to say this? Cause I think it might be a little bit insensitive and a little bit of a hot take. But truly, I, I've seen this be like a general consensus on this moment. So I'm just going to say it because I agree that it really felt like Gary was trying to have this like, who, you know, why don't you guys um, have some perspective on everybody's lives? And, you know, we're all going through things. And just because I don't, I'm not work you know, like a working mother that doesn't mean that I don't go through things. And, you know, my daughter's suicidal. So how about that? And it just felt more like a shutting down the conversation than like opening up a dialogue. I'll I'll say that. It, and it felt really gross to bring up. And I know that her daughter, she and her daughter had an on-camera conversation about it, but it just felt like a gross and weird and awkward thing to bring up when that's what you're talking about. Right? I I hope you guys understand what I'm saying. Um I think that's it for me this week. I think that's it. With that, I'm going to be recapping Married at First Sight, an explosive episode. Oof. Explosive. I will be back later in the week. There's no 90 Day Fiance, so I will be recapping the premiere of Summer House with a very funny, very lovely, and iconic, if you will, guest, an iconic cast member she's been on before, so that'll be your hint. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. I love you. You literally just met me 12 hours ago. And you've already formed this opinion about me. I feel like if he had that conversation with me last night, before we even touch, kiss, whatever, I would have been at peace with that. 
puppy became intimate last night and this morning. I am so confused. I've never been with a man who wants to have sex multiple times that didn't desire me or didn't find me attractive. Wow, you guys. Let's talk about, you know, we got to start from like, you know, quote unquote, most boring to most exciting, right? So we have to talk about Vincent and Brianna first, I guess. I, you know, I hate to, there really wasn't much to talk about in terms of them. Um, But I have to say, like, I really, really like them. Like, they're the ones out of all the couples who I think the chemistry is just like, it emanates from the screen. I really enjoy what little we do see of them. But it also is like, there's really not much to talk about. Kind of like Woody and Imani last year. But, you know, it's like, how do you talk about like, oh, yeah, they had a great time. And they're really into each other. You know, like, especially when we have that demon patty melt to talk about. Right. So let's, okay. We're now in morning one. We find out only one of the couples have consummated their relationship. More on that later. Oh my God, you guys. Okay. I'm like, I want to talk about everybody else so I can talk about the other two. So morning one, Vincent and Brianna are happy. Vincent's like, I want to get your number. Like, what's that number, though? And she's like, okay. I gives him the number and is like, I want you to put me, list me in your phone as wifey. Heart, heart emoji, peach emoji, eggplant emoji. And I love that. Brianna's really like, they really hit us for the okie doke with Brianna. I was like determined. Well, I wasn't determined. I really thought that they were going to, like, she was going to be this like hard by the book nerd frankly but I really like her I think she's got like a really good spirit to her they're really she's really reminding me a lot of Imani and that is the highest compliment that I can give anybody on the show so um like I said they're both happy um the theme for this episode is first day of marriage Meeting up with the family. Everybody's going to meet up with, you know, their spouse's families for brunch. And then they're going to find out where they're going for their honeymoon. And we get the first night of the honeymoon. So, Brianna goes and meets up with Vincent's family. And they're like, you know, he's a workaholic. He will work um, on the weekends, full days. So, like, you really need to watch for that. And Brianna was like, you know, she seems like somebody who is like, I am just looking for that missing piece. Like I'm looking for somebody who is going to be in my world and in my universe as a partner and like a companion. Right. But this, like, once they say that it's like, Oh gosh, like, is he really going to be present or is he going to be working all the time? Um, they also tell, so Vincent goes and meets with Brianna's family and, Oh, sorry, sorry backtrack so they continue to tell Brianna that Vincent can have a bit of a temper and he's like a long he's got a long fuse but once he gets there like he really needs to be calmed down so you need to help him with that um then we also find out that Vincent much like Chris had a breakup earlier this year and so I just want to know like what (laughs) <laughs> were they were, were the was the pool of applicants low 
because Atlanta is basically a breeding ground for reality television, but it just seems like two of these guys now have broken up with people within the same year that they're getting married, and Chris's timeline doesn't make any kind of sense, but it seems like if he, if Vincent broke up with his girl at the beginning of the year, and we're under the impression that the process for Married at First Sight Atlanta began in March, we're talking just, even if he broke up with her January 1st, that's only a couple months to be out of a relationship. I, mm, I mean, it's not an engagement. I can give him that. But, you know, it's a little bit of a rag. It's like a pink flag for me. A light pink flag. And I just... It seems like he's really into Brianna, though, so I, I want to, like, like him, but I I just feel like there's something about Vincent. Like, he's obviously putting on his his best face, his best version of himself, and I think we're going to see there's something about him that's, like, a little bit dark. Maybe I'm reading that wrong, but it feels a little bit dark to me. Um, next, we're going to go to Virginia and Eric. Their first morning together, they're in bed, they're vibing, they're cuddling with one another. Virginia is getting all her kisses in. And, you know, that morning, Eric's like, you know, I feel like you should know something. And that's that I've been married before. And he explains again what he explained to us this whole time, which is that it was really just a formality because he was dating a girl in order for her to be allowed on the military uh, base. They had to be married, so they got it done. Just a paper. Didn't even go to the Justice of the Peace. Like, literally, he doesn't have a ring. He's like, just so you know, everything that we did in terms of our wedding is a first for me. Like, I have not had a wedding. I haven't done any of this stuff. She's, like, pretty chill about it. I I didn't think she really was, like, very upset. So, moving on to the brunch. Eric sits down with Virginia's parents and... Virginia's dad says, you know, he's really protective. I've been known to run other boyfriends off in the past. And, but he seems like pretty chill. He even tells them, stand up guy, tells them, you know, I just want you guys to know that I was married before. I told Virginia about them. Just so you guys know, like we divorced three years ago. I have no ties to her emotionally or otherwise. I haven't even talked to her in years. I think she's married. I don't know. But like, there's nothing to worry about with that. They're totally fine with it. And they just help give him advice. They're like, you know, Virginia's a little bit guarded. And also she's 26. And there's an age difference between you guys. So her dad says, well, you know how she is. Like, you saw her with her friends at the wedding. So, you know, heads up on that. It was almost like they were kind of warning him about her. Um so Virginia meets up with the family and she wants to know, like, does he ever get more wild? Cause I really like to drink at party and they're like, no, he doesn't really like to be the center of attention. Like he's a fun guy, but you know, and so Donna, his mom is also a pilot's wife and she gives Virginia advice. Like, you know, it's a difficult life. He could be out of town four days a week and that's something 
that can be difficult. It's not so hard. It's not going to be so difficult for you now, but it might be like when you have kids and you're raising them. And by the way, I really want grandkids, Virginia, but I really want grandkids. Um, it could be more difficult. And Virginia's like, you know, I actually, I'm totally fine with that. And at this point in my life, like I like my privacy. I like to have my alone time. So maybe it'll be beneficial for him to be gone. And then we can enjoy each other's time when we're together. Um, and then she also brings up the kids and she's like, you know, I'm really 50, 50 on having kids, but I do know that I'm not having them in the next few years. So <laughs> cool your jets, Donna. Um, so then they join back up with each other and they're talking about what each other's parents said. And, um, Eric says, listen, I, I understand that you like to be social, and I understand that, like, we do have an age difference and you're, you know, going through life as a 26-year-old. He's like, don't get me wrong. It's not like I'm a stick in the mud. I had crazy times in college. I just, I grew out of it. But Virginia's like, is do you think that's going to be an issue for us? And he's like, honestly, like, I really don't mind as long as our focus is on each other and the marriage. And as long as we're focused on that, like, I really don't have a problem with it. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. So then Virginia tells uh, production in an interview, like, my drinking in the past few years has been in an all-time high. Um, but, you know, like, I can cool it, but I'll, I'll always drink. I'm always going to be that party girl inside. So then she brings up babies Eric and she's like, you know, I'm not having them anytime soon. He's like, well, just so you know, like that is a definite for me. Like I definitely want to have kids. I know that my mom wants to have grandkids, so it's going to happen. All right, guys, moving on to Clara and Ryan. So we see them the night of the wedding and I just had to give a big up to Ryan's ass because he bent over to blow those candles out. Honey, I am a CrossFit convert. I get it. I get it now. 
I get it now. <laughs> so the next day, Clara says, you know, she's kind of nervous to meet up with Ryan's parents because we find out that Ryan's parents are both ministers, but she is a lapsed Christian. She actually went to Bri- uh, Bible college in freshman year of college, left and never looked back. Hasn't been to church since. Um, it seems like Ryan is a little bit nervous about that, but he tries to keep it cool. So she meets up with them and immediately, you know, classic, bless the food. And she's a little bit uncomfortable, right? She says in a talking head that organized religion is really not her thing. Ryan's mom keeps going on about praying for her son's wives to honor God and, you know, be in the church and all this stuff. And she's like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) mm-hmm. So then we have Ryan meeting up with Clara's parents and Clara's mom tells Ryan that basically they think that communication is going to be the hardest thing for her because she, they are still married. They don't believe in divorce. She said, we kept all our fights private. We never fought in front of the kids. So they kind of, we kind of set them up for failure in the sense that they don't know how to, handle conflict and and things like that we didn't give her the tools um so ryan comes back and he tells claire about the communication stuff and she's like actually pretty open to it and she's like you know what i yes that is totally true i um um i uh do have communication issues my parents never fought in front of me um she does say that like in the past year she's really worked on standing up for herself and advocating for herself and she's like on a good path and i i like clara i think i feel like i like her i feel like she's a little love struck and really into making this work and you know that's you know, a little bit iffy, another pink flag for me, but I also, it seems like she's really into like honest communication. And I'm going to predict that if anybody has the issue in their relationship, I kind of think it might be Ryan. She gives us a little bit shades of crazy. And I think that there might be times where she like is a little bit emotionally brash, but I think that Ryan might be the one who has more difficulty. So let's put a pin in that prediction. Next, another couple that we don't really see much of, there's not really a whole lot to talk about, is Haley and Jacob. Jacob, find a new topic to talk about. All we hear from Jacob is 80s, carnivore diet, home gym, spa, sauna. It's like Sonia, like Smoky Eye Updu Stad. It's like steak, <laughs> sauna. <laughs> I, I, I cannot do it. I can't do this. Like, his friend before the wedding is absolutely right. Like all you do is talk about the same fucking things and it's, it weighs on all of us. So he's talking about all, you know, his bodybuilding, his attempt to work dairy into his diet, that harrowing tail, because all he fucking eats is steak and eggs. I can't imagine what that guy, the farts can, I mean, I don't want to take it there, but like, we have to talk about that. Prayers up for Haley on that one. Haley does not seem into Jacob. She seems like she is white knuckling this whole thing. And I think part of it is that like she is, it's coming into very clear focus with Jacob's personality and that that's not a guy that she would want to be stuck on a plane with. 
<laughs> you know, um, but it, I think it's also like a little bit of her, um, uh, just being, you know, having not dated in a while, having to let somebody in be vulnerable and all that. It's yeah, it's a lot. So Haley's like, well, I guess I've, it seems like I've heard way more about Jacob than I expected, <laughs> which is not encouraging. So she meets up with Jacob's parents and they're like, oh, you know, he was a good boy. He never talked back to us. He was like very well behaved, but he was also kind of a loner. And his teachers used to say that he was five going on 85. And Jacob, meanwhile, is talking to her parents. He's now taking out his phone to show them pictures of the house. And then we get a flashback to him telling them all the same shit about the house the night before during the wedding reception <laughs> just staring at him especially Haley's mom I hope you guys saw her face of being like oh girl I'm feeling for my daughter right now <laughs> like she could not hide it he was wearing a shirt to brunch that said nobody cares work harder and I just feel like wow the irony like nobody gives a shit about your home sauna home home sauna let it go let it go. Work harder. Nobody cares. So one of um, her parents mentioned, oh, Haley likes to go diving. And he's like, he tells a story. I don't know if you guys get this thing, but like, I am very, I don't think this falls under the category of an empath, but I, I'm very like, when people talk about certain body parts getting injured, it's like, I can feel feel it in my body part. So when he tells a story about how he was wearing glasses as a kid, his brother punched him. The glasses flew enough off of his face to let the temple, which I did not know that was a word. I don't wear glasses, you guys. I have like really good vision, so I don't need them. <laughs> but I didn't know like what you call the part where you put your... the. It, when I'm listening to me dumb, the stick that you put your ear on <laughs> is called the temple. So the temple went into his ear, burst his eardrums. So he says like, I can't really be in the pool like that because my ear will fill up with water. And I was like, I'm holding my, my right ear right now because I just, Oh, <laughs> it gives me the heebie jeebies. I, we got to move on. So, um, Haley's family does warn Jacob that, you know, she's a little bit of a hard nut to crack and to not push her because that is like, she will retreat. And that was really all we heard from them. So, oh Lord, let's all take a calming breath and talk about Chris and Paige. All right. So they're getting ready at night, the night of their wedding day. And as they're getting ready, Chris tells, you know, she's in the bathroom doing her nighttime routine. He's telling cameras, sitting on the couch, on the uh, hotel bed, telling cameras like, you know, the attraction wasn't a 10 because, you know, like it's not what I'm used to, but I'm open to the possibilities. And at minimum, we might cuddle. Oh, oh, thank you, benevolent queen. 
thank you so much for for giving this poor little gargoyle page a, an opportunity at cuddling with you. This is why I call this man Patty Mel. He, I just, I don't have the words. I don't have the words. And my sister just texted me a link to Chris getting evicted. As we speak, this is breaking news, you guys. <laughs> breaking news. I did not see this. Okay, let me see. This was February 3rd. Married at First Sight's Chris Williams was hit with an eviction earlier today. Local sheriff's deputies dumped everything not attached to the walls out in front of the building this morning where he set up his Subway franchise. Uh, so it looks like he had a Subway in Marietta, Georgia. Um, it opened in October of 2019. At first, it appeared to fall, vict- to fall victim to the pandemic of 2020. However, new allegations say that the business was already in trouble well before early 2020 when COVID restrictions decimated mo- many local businesses. Chris's subway shop sits empty, and as of yesterday, it appeared as if it could open any day. Their shelves are even stocked with sodas and water, and there's a picture where it looks, you know, like it's not a closed business like it's a burgeoning opening business so um apparently that all changed today <laughs> so it, it was saying that because of you know fast food places are able to be open because there are drive throughs right but subway doesn't have a drive through so what happened after this so yeah it Oh, there were also allegations from a former Subway employee that worked for Chris. According to the former employee, Chris's business lost money pretty quickly after it opened. Um, the location closed in March 2020, so it was really only open for about six months. Um, apparently, one big problem is that Chris never showed up. And they also say that Subway Corporate was upset with Chris's handling of the store. According to the source, he never made a single payment on his franchise fee aside from the initial down payment to get the franchise deal. The resource also said that married at first sight husband, Chris left a lot to be desired as a boss. Other allegations included that he screamed at employees and kept the location understaffed. Um, and the source also said that most of the team quit due to his behavior. So apparently there's other pictures. It, I mean, literally there's coolers and trash out in front of this, uh, location. The only thing left inside are the counters and the wall menus. Mm. (laughs) The deputies came to carry out the eviction. Um, The eviction was court ordered. They removed all the equipment, including the bread baking machines, the subway branded promotional materials, trash cans, tables, chairs, racks, thousands of dollars worth of equipment. People took trailers to fill up their vehicles with the items um, ooh. apparently they had no idea that who this subway belonged to. These pictures are so shady. It's literally like all the trash is taking up one parking spot <laughs> outside the building. It's got the little trash can, like the green, you know, the subway trash can. Oh, sad. Sad. Um, apparently the only reason why it did not get evicted earlier was because of uh, moratoriums on evictions for COVID people. So thank you, Kelly, for breaking that news right as I'm recording. I got to move on to the rest of the episode. 
So let's go. So where are we? Okay. So he's saying maybe minimum will cuddle. Then we see the next morning. Paige is wandering around the suite and we find out that he told Paige that he was going to go downstairs to get uh, breakfast, but then he never came back. It is now more than an hour since he went downstairs. Paige has called him. He's not picking up his phone. It's, ooh, 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 ooh. So he comes back all like sullen, droopy, sad, like doing his best daytime Emmy award nominee performance of sad man. So he sits down and she's like, what's going on? And he's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, what do you mean, Patty? So he says that on the way down to get the menus, he had a panic attack and that he felt like he needed to clear his head and get away from everybody. So she's like, what's troubling you? So they sit down next to each other and he says, you know, she, sorry, she says, he, cause he's like not really trying to say what it is. And she's like, you know, when we said our vows to each other, we did so with intention and purpose. So I need you to meet me halfway and communicate what the hell is going on. So Chris starts off by saying, um, you know, on paper, I think you're exactly what I need, but the attraction isn't there. And so then we get Paige in an interview and says, you know, if he had told me this last night, I would have been at peace with that. But we were intimate last night and this morning. So I've never been with a guy who didn't want to, that had sex with me multiple times, but wasn't attracted to me. So I'm confused. We're all confused, Paige. How dare he? How? Ooh. Okay. So Paige meets up with Chris's family. And she tells them, you know, we've hit a couple bumps in the road and I'm kind of lost. And, you know, maybe you guys can help me fill in some blanks. And they're like, bumps? It hasn't even been 24 hours. Like, what's going on? So she's like, well, you know what? Last night we stayed up until three and we were talking and then we shared a moment. And then he told me that he wasn't attracted to me. So I'm just confused. And even Chris Sr. is like, yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. Like, what's going on? His mother, Patty's mother, however, is like, you know, I'm not justifying his actions, but people handle things differently. See, that's... This is how Pat, this is a Patty Melt origin story. I cannot believe that she would sit there and justify. And if her horny husband can see how weird it is and how unacceptable it is that his son would have sex with a woman and then turn around and tell her that he's not even attracted to her physically, it, it does, it's not okay. It's not okay. So, his mom, Chris's dad is like, no, it's it's not cool that he did that. And his mom says, well, did he have a drink? Like, like, it's okay. Like, maybe he just fucked you because he was drunk and horny. That, ma'am. See, that's why her hair looks like that. So, Paige is like, 
Yeah, maybe that would be an excuse for last night, but we also had another moment this morning and they're like, oh, well, okay, <laughs> fair enough. So we don't see Chris meeting up with her family, but what we do see is him meeting up with his family after Paige talks to them. And I thought it was weird that they were all standing, like, it seemed like they were all standing six feet apart. So I'm not understanding, like, why Paige could sit there and have brunch. But then they're having this conversation in, like, the upper part of the hotel. And they're having this conversation, like, everybody's standing six feet apart from one another. It didn't really make sense to me. So he meets up with his family and he tells them, he starts by Starts off by telling them what he told Paige about her being good on paper and thinking it's going to work. And Chris Sr. is like, well, I should tell you that basically she told us something about twice. Something about two good moments. <laughs> so I need you to explain why you would consummate it if you basically just rejected her on site. So Chris is, Patty is like, oh, you know, I thought it would bring us closer, but I was wrong and there's really nothing there. And then he has the gall to say that he is embarrassed that Paige would say that to his parents and that he feels like she basically told on him, snitched on him. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If y'all can see the face that I'm making right now, like, the way he's... I mean, this is like... Ugh... It's totally manipulative. It's totally putting the onus on Paige for saying what happened rather than on himself for being a grown-ass man and having a sex with a woman that he is not attracted to. What did he think that the... Like, the, she, she handled it with so much grace and so much class and she was so calm like I would have been like call Salino and Barnes now I know that they're injury attorneys and I know that Barnes you know is up there in, in personal injury lawyer heaven but I need somebody to get me out of this and she can't even get it annulled now because they consummated their marriage uh can she claim fraud like Renee Zellweger did I ooh. Ooh, okay, so they meet back up and Chris is crying on the couch. And Paige is like, why are you crying? 
<laughs> and Chris says, you know, what really bothered me, what really bothered me as if he has, uh, <laughs> I, the fact that he's setting up, this is not, I can't believe it. He says, what really what bothered me the most is that I've never talked about my sex life to my parents. It was weird. And people have said negative things about me my whole life, but you don't bring up my parents. I'm from Chicago. It's a different kind of code. You don't disrespect somebody's family, someone's kids, or someone's spouse. That's just my culture. I don't like talking about sex in front of a bunch of people. Now, let's break all of that down. Lie, 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 bullshit, 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 detraction, deflection, weird, manipulation, abusive. I don't like it. I don't like it. Ooh, so... First of all, don't part your lips and say what bothered me the most. Secondly, yeah, it probably is embarrassing that you had to sit there and talk to your parents about your sex life. Fine. But you what you forced her hand. She had no option. Like, did you? He really expected her to sit there and be like, oh, everything's great, Chris Sr. Thank you. I'm so glad you're looking at me with these horny, hungry eyes. Hey, mother-in-law, like, everything's great. I'm so hopeful about the future with your son who fucked me and then told me that he's not even into me. We're fine. Um, Can you pass the ketchup? No. Like, kudos to her for having the bravery to say anything to them. Like, what what did you want you he really expected her to just carry that with her and keep it between them like no that is a huge problem and it's a huge violation you violated her that is a huge breach like you are the one that broke the trust first because she was having sex with you under the impression that you were physically attracted to her and you weren't and I'm 100% sure that if she knew that you were not physically attracted to her, she would not have agreed to have sex with you. So if you want to talk about violating trust and how embarrassing that is, then maybe you should look at what situation you put Paige in. I, I could not believe. What an asshole. What an asshole. What the fuck are you talking about? I'm from Chicago and it's a different culture. Uh, no, every culture is like you don't disrespect somebody's family. But this has nothing to do with what you did. Her talking about kid, that has nothing to do with anything. And if you don't like talking about having sex with a bunch of people, why in the first two episodes did we see you have no problem with telling Paige that you're a freak teacher and no problem telling production how he needs a wife who's super sexual and about his masturbation and how he took a, a cleanse from his masturbation for three whole days in order to be pure for her? And do you wear condoms? Like, where was that energy? You really had no problem saying all those in front of the cameras to all of America. But now, now the rules have changed changed, and the goal has shifted to, to benefit you somehow. Crazy, 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 crazy. Anyway, Patty says he had no intention of having sex with her, but he wanted to feel a closeness to generate attraction. And he doesn't think... That it's a right or wrong, an issue of right or wrong because she agreed to it. Again, 
she did not agree to having sex with somebody that she wasn't attracted that wasn't attracted to her she did not agree to that unless you explicitly said to her hey I don't really think you're that cute you're really not my type physically but my dick's hard so do you want to do this like unless that was said you have no leg to stand on none I wish that I could kick this man in the ankles so bad I want to kick him in the back of the knee I want to do that thing where you take your both of your hands and you rub it in opposite directions on somebody's forearm. I want to do all of those things to him. He deserves it. Ooh, okay, so he tries to play this card about how private he is and how weird it is that she would talk to her guy friends because she said, you know, I texted my old guy friends and they all think that this is weird that, they, that you would have sex with me if you weren't into me. And he was like, oh, well, I don't, you don't need to be talking to them about that. She's like, why? I've known them longer than I've known you. And he's like, yeah, but, you know, you're my wife. Okay, are you? Is she? Because <laughs> you're not treating her like one. Um, so then Paige says, you know, it seems like you have a lot of problems with a lot of different things. <laughs> and at that point, he gets up and walks away. I, ugh, ugh, he makes my skin crawl. So then... This dickhead says that he feels violated and that his trust was betrayed. He maintains that he did not disrespect her and that he should be able to come to his wife and tell her what's going on. I cannot do this with this man. I can't. I can't do it. So we get a break from them. Paige went to go get her hair done for the the honeymoon. So he's like, oh, you know, I really spent this time uh, reflecting and taking a nap while she was gone. I'm like, great. I'm sure she respect, she spent her time uh, getting her hair pulled super tight to um, uh, please you and was probably crying to the lady who was doing her hair because she's now attached herself to a man who's not even attracted to her. So she comes back and he's like, you know, it felt like, (laughs) it felt like I came across as an asshole and I wasn't trying to be, and I owe you apology, an apology for having a horrible attitude because that's not me. No. I mean, yes, you do owe her an apology for how you said it, but also what you said. And Listen, if that's his truth that he's not attracted to her, that's fine. But like, again, like Paige said, communicate that with her before you um, enter her. Okay. <laughs> okay. So um, Paige says, you know, well, I, honestly, like at that point last night when we had this conversation, I was checked out, but we both committed to this process months ago and to throw it away would be doing a disservice to the experts and to themselves. And they owe it to the experts to try and work through this. The the lady is a saint because I literally would have been like, I'm going down to the T-Mobile and getting myself a burner phone. You guys will never see my face again. (laughs) Like I would have been like Tamara judge when she got caught lying. And then she ran out of that place without her shoes on. Like y'all will never see me again. Cut the cameras, dead ass. Like, for real. Um, So Chris is like, well, you know, like, 
I'm a really cool guy. I'm dope. I'm smooth. I'm loyal. I'm faithful. And, you know, I'm charming and I'm charismatic. And I'm really hoping that you see that. Huh? (laughs) I hope we see it too. But not really. I don't want anything to do with it. So the couples all find out they're going to Vegas. Um... We see Haley and Jacob, they're packing, and Jacob's showing all the cool clothes that he packed for this trip. Uh, the Save by the Bell print swim trunks, the R.I.P. Harambe tie-dye t-shirt, the American flag fanny pack with built-in speakers. It, according to Jacob, you can use it to play Neil Diamond's Coming to America, or any other song. <laughs> Imagine seeing a guy playing... On an American flag print fanny pack with speakers. He's walking through wherever the hell. Blasting Coming to America by Neil Diamond. <laughs> like, And then, you know what? Thank God for um, uh, realizing things about yourself. Uh, he says, you know what? You probably would have swiped left on me on the apps, but now you're married to me. <laughs> And Haley's like, you're damn right. <laughs> you're damn right. We see Paige asking Chris about how he feels about the honeymoon. And he's like, well, it can't get any worse than what happened today. Fair. True. Paige is like, you know, I'm looking forward to a fresh start. And I just like, I wish that we had footage of production trying to talk her into staying in this marriage. <laughs> because I would have loved to see what it is that they said to her. I really want to know. Because at some point, we... No, no. I'll, I'll go back to that later. So everybody needs to go to the airport together. They're at the, you know, loading their stuff up at the hotel. And Chris is like, in an interview, saying, you know, I was trying to figure out who was matched with who. And then he says, you know, I Vincent and Brianna... That makes sense. You know, they have like kind of the same vibe, same swag to them. And then he's like, you know, Haley seems like a nice, sophisticated lady. And I kind of feel bad for her being matched with Jake. But like, you know, Jake's a nice guy, though. And it's like, no, you just said the first part. You don't have to say the second, (laughs) you know. (laughs) So then everybody flies off to Vegas. Surprisingly, Virginia says she's never been to Vegas. And that's wild because I've never seen anybody with more Vegas energy than Virginia. They, um, at the hotel, we see Vincent. He gets a phone call, a really sad phone call in which he finds out that his grandmother had a heart attack and, you know, He's feeling very conflicted because he's like, dang, like, this is my honeymoon. I really want to spend this special time with my wife, but my family's so important to me. My grandmother's so important to me. So he tells whoever he's on the phone with, like, I'll be on standby. I'll have my phone with me. If I need to come back, I'll come back. Just let me know. So he sits down. Brianna's being so supportive while he's on the phone. He She's handing him Kleenex and he, you know, they sit down to talk about it and he's like, I feel bad. I feel like I'm ruining your time. And she's like, don't feel like that at all. Like you're not, it's totally fine. If you need to go back, you know, I got you. She gets in his lap and like, she's being really like supportive physically and with her words. And he, Vincent is like, you know, I just, 
she it doesn't know how much that helped me to be comforted but on top of that to see like her actually practicing what she preached and actually being there for me and being supportive like she's not going to know how much that meant to me and that just like if I had the moisture I would cry like half a tear right now it was actually very sweet we see Claire and Ryan they're in bed in Vegas and she says you know I think we have like a really good base to friendship going on and like I'm really just looking to now that we've done that like I'm looking to take it to the next level and I was like girl you guys have been married 35 hours <laughs> what are we talking about this relate the base friendship like this is like some summer camp bullshit like the first day you're like this is my girl we're best friends we're gonna be friends together forever like <laughs> Just say you're horny and leave, you know, just say, just say this guy is hot and I want to have sex with him. And I think I've realized enough that I like him enough to have sex with him. So I would like to do that. It doesn't seem like, like Ryan seems like he's really holding off. Like there seems to be a wall up. And I wonder if like, it's that maybe he's not as into her or if this is just his personality, but I guess time will tell. So back to Chris and Paige, Patty Mel somehow has the gall to toast to a great honeymoon and he's like what's on your mind she's like nothing (laughs) like well that's a lie um so he says that his main concern is them and Paige says you know the beginning was tough but I'm happy that we got it out of the way and you know Chris I think that the communication is there but we need to work on our delivery And that will come with time and how, you know, learning each other's communication styles. And she says, you know, I appreciate that you didn't hold that inside and have things eat him up. So in a talking head, she says, you know, I'm really ready to dive in and see why we were matched. But y'all, like I said, she said this in a talking head and her face was like, done. (laughs) the lights were out in her eyes it was very obvious that she is saying this for the sake of the storyline you could tell like she is not feeling this but she's giving her best to save face and make it seem like there's a shot in hell at this relationship working I don't see it and clearly these talking heads were filmed after the fact and you just like she couldn't she didn't even do her hair she's like you know what I'm really hopeful about the future Let's see where this goes. (laughs) Could not fake the funk for a second. Um, He tries to lean in for a kiss and she gives him one, but at first she hesitates and I would be like, you know what? Same. Like I would have told him, I you know, I would not have stayed, but had I stayed, I would have told him like, let's just work on our friendship. We're going to take the physical stuff off the table because I don't trust you. Basically, like, I, I, I don't trust that. And we're, you know, we're going to do this on my terms now. And I'll have sex with you when I'm attracted to you. How about that? <sighs> That's really it. Virginia finds a mini bar immediately. She's excited. Eric's like, do we have to drink right this second? Did you have to take the Married at First Sight branded champagne from the hotel suite? Did we, do we have to drink right now? Like, can we at least take a look at the suites that we're in they're at the mandalay bay by the way which means nothing to me because i've never been to vegas but it's a name it's a name that i've heard 
that's the end of Married at First Sight for this week. Y'all. It, I mean, Chris and Paige keep saying, like, this is great. I feel like nothing worse can happen. But we all know in the previews that something worse does happen. So, ooh. Standby. All right, y'all. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Love you.